Part the second. Part the first was the first hour. Part the second will be this last few minutes of, of this, uh, this afternoon, considering um, implications, entailments of Acts chapter 2, verses 40 through 42. Verse 42 is the one I concentrated on, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. I made some observations. Notice, they, all of them, those who gladly received his word and were baptized, are the same group of people that continued steadfastly in those four marks of of a true church. And notice what they did, by way of review, continued steadfastly. Um, It changed the way they lived. Um, They continued steadfastly in those four things. At some point, some of them left, and at some point, churches got planted elsewhere by virtue of their testimony and the apostles' testimony and others, it's amazing how all that happened, but it, it was the foundation stones uh, of the church are the apostles and their labors. By the way, are there apostles today? Yes, they're absent from the body and present with the Lord. Do they still minister on the earth? Yes, they do through their written products, right? They're still the foundation of the church and so other churches sprang up and basically the same thing. They devoted themselves earnestly, continued steadfastly in those four marks of, of the church. Now we contemplated, uh, had two contemplations, and I think I have two more. And I, I looked at them after uh, this morning's service and I thought, well, I'm going to be preaching to the choir. You know what that means, like... You're here for the second service, you know. So here's a contemplation. Christians who don't come to the second service. No. Christians, Christians, considering this, hearing the word, believing the gospel, getting baptized and formally joining yourself to a church and then continued steadfastly in those four things, the apostolic doctrine, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and the prayers. I say this, Christians are people who not only believe the gospel, but they are baptized and added to the church, and they are those who continue steadfastly with other Christians in the apostles' doctrine, in the fellowship of the saints, in the Lord's Supper, and in corporate prayer. Now, can a person be a real, bona fide, united to Christ Christian without doing those things? I think we have to have a category for that because some people don't have a Bible or only hear the message of the gospel from somebody else and don't can't make it to church or don't go to church. The Lord knows his own, okay, like the person I mentioned earlier. And I think there are others like that. But informed Christians, um, I shouldn't have done the quotes there. Let's say... Bible-believing, Bible-following Christians, are, are. this is what they are. This is what they do. Okay, they believe, they get baptized, join themselves to a church, then they continue steadfastly in the Apostles' Doctrine, the Fellowship of the Saints, the Lord's Supper, and corporate prayer. They do what they do because they are what they are. We are not our own, right? We've been bought with a price, 
We belong not to ourselves, but to Christ, our faithful Lord and Savior. Apostolic doctrine is not just for the pastors or the cranially endowed people, right? Apostolic doctrine is to be continued steadfastly in by everyone in the church, not just some. Fellowship, sharing things in common as the need arises, is for all who gladly receive the gospel, are baptized, and are added to the church. Our lives here, I'm looking at people, have been enriched by what the Bible calls Christian fellowship. Friends became brethren and our spiritual family. I can't imagine, in one sense, existing on this earth without some of the people I'm looking at that I've known for a long time. It's like, it would be a whole different world, right? Some of you are going, yeah, if you weren't here, that would be good news for us. But just think about the deep, rich friendships being a Christian has given you. It's it's all sweet grace coming down from heaven through uh, others around us. The Lord's Supper is for all those in the church, just as apostolic doctrine, as fellowship, as the Lord's Supper, and church prayer. All these are to be steadfastly continued in by all those added to the church. What one did, we could say, they all did because they had gladly received Peter's word and receiving the gospel always has practical implications for the way one lives. The New Testament pattern is clear. Disciples are first made, then baptized, then brought into the church where they are taught to do all that Jesus commands. This is normative, at least it ought to be, not exceptional. Unfortunately, it is not the rule in our day, but the exception that churches are regulated scripturally have formal memberships where people are accountable one to another, not just to the pastors, but to each other, should be normative, not exceptional. And this pattern from the book of Acts, that you can actually follow it out through the rest of the New Testament, delivers a knockout blow to the way many view the church in our day. You know, I once had this person say, they didn't tell me, they told a fellow elder, I don't like Pastor Barcellus' Sunday school classes because my head explodes every week. I'm tired when I come to church. I use my brain all week. Something like this, I'm going. I mean, the elder just said, okay, sister, and probably prayed for it. And then he told me, and it was like, that's just the backwards. Shouldn't our intellects, if we ever give our intellects to anything in a concentrated way, to me it should be when this word is preached or somebody's teaching the Bible, when I'm reading it or something like that. So this deals a knockout blow. Many despise doctrine. Um, Okay, I'm not scolding anybody here. Nobody here despises doctrine. Many despise the practice of church membership 
or view it uh, optional. But you know what those kind of people demand for churches to exist and then them to go and benefit from them when they want to. You know, the church is not a drive-by fast food, you know, get your fries here, get your burger there, and then go to whatever for your shake. It's supposed to be a spiritual community of blood-bought people knit together according to the word of God and walking together and getting the gospel out and encouraging each other and, and all that stuff. That's not a good way to end that sentence, is it? Many despise serving saints. They don't despise saints serving them. They despise serving saints. How do you know? They don't like to do it. And many churches provide everything. Everything's done for you. A lot, a lot here is done for you, right? Somebody sets up, somebody tears down. Usually more people tear down than set up. But, but I love having the meals because everybody that can, can and does contribute somehow, some way, which is a service to others. This should be the norm, not the exception. For some people, many go weeks and months without the Lord's Supper. But this is not how the early Christians viewed the church. In the early church, all Christians did what Christians do. They did what the apostles of Christ commanded. Okay, here's my last one, contemplation. Christians are people who don't allow circumstances to determine what they steadfastly continue in. In the early Jewish, in the early Jewish, in the early church, Jewish Christians did this. They would have not met on Sundays. They would not have established, if the early, excuse me, if the early Jewish Christians did this, they would not have met on Sundays, allowing circumstances to determine what they do. They would have said, you know what, if I meet on Sunday, I'm going to get some heat for it. I'll just go listen to the rabbi on Saturday. They didn't do that, did they? So they would have taken heat even for that. This kind of circumstantial Christianity, allowing everything, to anything and everything almost, to be a providential hindrance from getting to church, is the way a lot of people live. And our goal uh, is to try to convince others, hopefully by our good order and our loving hearts toward other saints, is to get other people to give some buy-in to that, because that's how churches flourish. When everybody's saying, yep, got to continue steadfastly, and we actually do it together. The word of Christ, apostolic doctrine, is to regulate our lives, not culture, not our feelings. I think I've told this story before. I had a friend that received a message from one of his sheep. I think it was on a Saturday. It said, Pastor, it was a rough week. I'm tired, so I'll not be at church. Now, I don't know all the details of it, except it was a single young man in good health. My friend thought to himself, I am tired sometimes. I have rough weeks sometimes. 
What if I texted the people, the members of my church said, brothers and sisters, I'm tired, had a rough week, I won't be at church. You know what would happen. People say, pastor, we pay you to do this, you know. If it's wrong for the pastor to do it, could it be wrong for other people to have that kind of attitude where church gets shelved because I'm tired? Uh, how about this one? Uh, yeah, boss. Yeah, this is rich. No, I'm not coming in tomorrow. I'm tired. I'll see you Tuesday. Now, if I owned the company, that would be one thing, right? But if I worked for somebody, you see my point? I think sometimes we're tired and had a bad week, but we still go to work. How much more so if we're tired and we had a bad week? Ought we to go to church and get the public means of grace? And maybe, maybe somebody will encourage you. Uh, uh, maybe you'll hear a hymn and just remind you of something. Maybe the, the sermon is exactly what you need. You don't, we ought to fight that. And I am speaking to the choir. We all have rough weeks and get tired. But we need to fight against giving in to feelings and do what is right. Most if not all of you do this when it comes to your job, how much more so ought we to live that way in terms of Jesus and his church? This is weird preaching because it's like, you don't need to hear this. You're here. Maybe you need to be reminded. Uh, maybe somebody else needs to hear it. Sean's going to put it up on the sermon audio. So may the Lord bless his word. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord, for this snippet in the early chapters of the book of Acts is these four marks of a, of, of a Christian congregation, apostolic doctrine, Christian fellowship, the Lord's Supper, corporate prayer. These, it's pretty simple in one sense. It's not fancy. Um, it's straightforward. Help us to walk in these ways, to seek from the church's means of grace, a corporate grace, needed grace. May we know your blessings on word and sacrament, both baptism and the Lord's Supper, which we're going to engage in next. Please bear fruit by virtue of this, your, preach, your word preached. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.